And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, alone, again. Sorry, guys. <laughs> now, uh, Shoulder's going to be here right now. Uh, he had work tonight, so kind of stuck with me again. Sorry, but I'll try to make this as painless as possible. But we got some good topics to talk about, and... Uh, Maybe see, try to get some of your opinions. But before all that, if you guys head over to Twitter and uh, follow my personal Twitter at Jimbo ST Sports, follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Also follow Shoulders. His is Shoulders underscore Bro. Uh, head over to BellyUpSports.com. Uh, a lot of good articles there. Um, have some merchandise and everything like that. I, I write some articles for them. I try to do once a week. You know, sometimes if I have the time, I, I try to do a little bit more. But uh, they definitely pump out a lot of articles every day. And some good ones, some interesting. But yeah, definitely uh, check them out. Uh, you can find us on uh, iTunes, TuneIn, uh, Google Play. You know, all the, all the main... Uh, platforms that you could listen to podcasts so and also when you know when you guys go over there you know rate us give us give us five stars give us one star just so we know if we're doing something right or wrong and but jumping into the show uh we're gonna start off actually you know i always try to start the show off with like a a feel-good story or you know a funny story something like that and <clears throat> It came out, uh, I believe it was like Monday of this week. For all you Eagles fans out there, you, you know who Vince Papali is. From, well, they made uh, Disney made a movie about him uh, called Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. And the story was, he was a, a walk-on to the Philadelphia Eagles back in the... Uh, like 78, 79, 80, somewhere around there, with uh, Dick Vermeil's Philadelphia Eagles. And the funny story is, he broke into the league when he was 30 years old, uh, played special teams. Uh, I believe his third year in the, the league, he was named uh, special teams captain. And, you know, if you got it's definitely a really good movie, and I'm not just saying it because I'm an Eagles fan, but... To see what he had to go through, the the hard times that what was going on down there in, in Philly, but it, it was a good story. And which brings me to this story: his grandson is getting a tryout with the Philadelphia Eagles. Vinny Papali uh, is a wide receiver from University of Delaware, who is, is going to take part in the Eagles Pro Day workout for local players in April. Um, some stats that he did at Delaware's Pro Day. Now, like I said, this came out Monday or so. So last Friday was their Pro Day. He ran a 4.57 40-yard dash. Not the quickest, but not the slowest. I mean, he probably could be a tight end or so. 
Um, and the, the one stat that jumped out to me was he posted a broad jump of 10 foot 4 inches. That's freaking high. You know, that's that to me definitely sounds like, you know, he may not be a, a number one or number two guy, but come, you know, down in the red zone, just throw the ball up, you know, and, and let him get up there like uh, like Alshon Jeffrey. So, you know, I'm rooting for him. I, I hope he, you know, makes a squad, whether it be a practice squad or, uh, you know, on, on the actual team. And if he makes, makes it to the preseason, it's going to be interesting to watch him too, uh, you know, see how, how good he is. Because, I mean, you know, Delaware's not a big school. It's not like a Ohio State or anything like that. But, you know, you look at Marshall, uh, you know, Marshall University you had Randy Moss come out of there, uh, Pennington, the quarterback that played with the Jets. You know, they had some decent players come out of there. So, I mean, just because you go to a small school doesn't mean that you're not NFL caliber player. It just, you know, how, how the cards got dealt to you, I guess, in a way, maybe. So, you know, Vinny Papali, we're pulling for you. Well, at least I am. I'm pretty sure uh, Shoulders is. He's a a big uh, Vince Papali fan, especially with the, the movie and stuff like that. So, you know, good luck with everything. Hopefully you make the team or at least get noticed enough that maybe another team will pick you up. And also this past week, uh, Rob Gronkowski announced his, his retirement. Now, I've been seeing a lot of people say that They think he's the greatest tight end ever. I I disagree. He is a good tight end. So you Patriots fans, don't jump on me about uh, you know bashing him or or whatnot. I still think Tony Gonzalez is the best tight end ever to play the game. He seemed like he you know Tony Gonzalez seemed like every year he was consistent, uh, not really hurt you know that much played almost you know every season Gronk to me you know he's 30 years old he's retiring he's been in the league for nine years he's been hurt the past three years at least four or five games a year and the one year I think it was he blew his uh blew his knee out so he was out for the whole year so he really only played six full seasons which you know he he's a uh a high persona type guy, you know, very eccentric type with uh, the, the party boats and stuff like that. But I, I do kind of like how he brought back the old school uh, spiking the ball, you know, not just a little spike, but I mean, cocking back and just trying to bust the ball. But, you know, I, I think you're going to start to see this uh, Patriots team start start to slowly come back down to earth as far as being the dominant team in the AFC East. I mean, you know, the old saying, you, you got to go with the Patriots until they start losing. And, I mean, still you still got to say that because you got Tom Brady back there. I don't like him, but he is one of the greatest. Until he's done, I, I don't see that Patriots team, you know, having a losing record anytime soon. And that, that's what's funny, too, is Brady's going to be 40 years old, or is, I forget which one it is, and Gronk is retiring at 30. 
just another player that Tom Brady outplay, outstayed, outplayed. I don't know how you would want to say that. You know, so in the past, say five, ten years, you know, Gronk, uh, Randy Moss, uh, Gerard Mayo, who I believe the Patriots assigned him as a linebackers coach. You know, so a lot of good players that retired before Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's older. It's it's insane with how that's playing out with him. But, again, you know, congratulations, Gronk. Definitely a Hall of Fame career. Definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. That I will agree to. Only thing, only part of that I won't agree to is he's not the greatest tight end ever to play the game. And, you know, I saw one statement on ESPN. I, I got to say this, too. He, he revolutionized the, the game, uh, the position, tight end. I'm sorry, again, Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez are the ones that brought that basketball, uh, you know, body built uh, type to that, that position. You know, back in the day, tight ends were just a, a sixth blocker. They never caught the ball or anything like that. And Antonio Gates and Gonzalez, yeah, they're, they're quicker. They're smaller. Than Gronkowski, so Gronkowski's a little bit more powerful blocker, but that's because of the size too, you know. So, with that being said, congratulations, Gronk, on a outstanding career. Pretty sure we'll see you in the Hall of Fame within the next five years. I think it's five years. You gotta wait. <clears throat> One story that came out this past week that doesn't sound too good is for the Alliance of American Football came out that they may not even be able to last the whole season so this past uh, Tuesday I think it was the majority owner, owner of the Alliance of American Football Tom Dundon said it's in danger of folding without the help of National Football League Players Association the union um it's, uh, he also said that they're refusing to allow the first year league to use young players. Now, what the rules, I guess, of the, the collective bargaining agreement or they have with uh, the Alliance of American Football is that any player that is not signed, any NFL player that is not signed to a team can sign with AAF. But if if the Alliance of American Football wants to sign a practice squad player or a player that has a futures contract, they have to they would need the cooperation of the union to say it's okay to acquire them. Now, with that being said, they've always said that NFL is not part of this at all. Uh, has no part in this this uh, this league, but they are labeled as a develop, developmental league. Wouldn't you want your your young players that are on practice squads that need that couple extra reps to maybe possibly, you know, get to the first strings and second strings? Wouldn't you want them to go over there? Yes, I understand. There's the concern of poten uh, potential injuries, 
and whatever violations of the collective bargaining agreement, I, I'm not sure what that part is, like what they're afraid of, but wouldn't you want them to go over there and, and, and get better that, you know, make the NFL brand even better, have more players that are, are really good? So I don't know what the union's problem is, you know, and on top of that, with the Alliance, if they are a developmental league, why why doesn't the NFL just come in and say, listen, okay, we'll buy it out, we'll make you like how NFL Europe was, but keep it, keep it on the U.S. soil instead of overseas. I still think that's one of the main reasons why NFL Europe didn't work that well is because obviously it's more... Um, it's more popular over here in the U.S. than over in Europe. All they have is just England. You don't see, you know, Ireland or someone like that driving all the way to see some games. So, I still think the NFL, if they keep it uh, on U.S. soil, it will work out. Now, he, uh, the, the majority owner, uh, Tom Dundon, also said, that if the union doesn't help, he's going to have a decision in the next day or two, which I didn't see nothing come out yet. This, like I said, this came out, this story came out um, earlier in the week, but that he will have a decision whether it's going to fold or not. My other thing, too, is this is what happens when you don't have a network deal in place. Um, majority of these games went on to CBS Sports Network, which me myself I do not have the app I don't feel like paying ten dollars a month or whatever it is also you know uh, this this week alone it went to TNT uh, NFL Network gets at least like one or two games a week I believe it is uh, BNR Network I think or something like that like they just had some weird networks all over and if, if CBS is the one that's going to be part of this, I've only seen two, maybe three games on CBS, the actual CBS channel. I think if they would have kept them all on the CBS channel, that would have helped out to bring the fans in, to, to fill up the stadiums. You know, it just... I think it was just, just kind of bad planning and maybe the, the critics that I took shots at in the first week might have been onto something and starting to come out now. So I'm hoping that it gets turned around. Um, I know when I posted a story uh, for me and Shoulders to look at, King, our buddy King, uh, made a comment that he thinks this is a a money ploy, which it possibly could be. It could be a you know a negotiations tactic type deal, and. So, I mean, and this is week nine here. The next week is the last week of the regular season. Then they go two weeks of playoffs. Why not just play out the year? Um, you know, you're, I, I understand, you know, if you're losing the money, you know, three more weeks, you'll probably, you know, you'll be losing more money. But you wasted all this time and effort. Just let it play out. Name a champion. You know, don't just say, oh, well, because you have the best record. You're the champion of this league. And, you know, only one that's ever going to win it. So, hopefully the union starts stepping up a little bit. Uh, hopefully something comes about this and they could uh, 
you know, work this all out. Now, when I was recording Thursday for the for the show and you know the, the UFC talk and all that stuff, as I was recording, a trade came through. Jordan Howard gets traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, in my defense and shoulders defense, we really haven't talked about the Eagles in a couple weeks, so this I think this is a big trade for us. And for what we got, we got him and we gave the Bears a sixth round pick in 2020 not this year's next year's that could become a fifth round pick now it's a conditional so i'm not sure what the conditions are whether it be playing time or um yards or touchdowns or something like that but this is a big pickup he's a big back uh he's like 6'3 224 something like that he's a big bruiser he's gonna help philly's rushing offense which was 28th last year and was second to bottom for yards per attempt 3.9 you're not going to get a lot done. You know, I'm a big Josh Adams fan on the Eagles, and he led the league, or he led the team in rushing yards, and he was ranked 41st running back. So now you're getting Jordan Howard, who's been in the league for three years now, uh, made the Pro Bowl in his rookie year, had 2,000-yard seasons. You know, so you're getting a good back. He slipped up a little bit. Uh, last year, Matt Nagy's offense, but was it Howard or was it the offense that, you know, maybe he just didn't match? Now, he also brings that, that physical presence that, like, we, we used to have, like, with LeGarrette Blount and Ajayi. I think with this trade, closes the door on Ajayi coming back, which I'm okay with. I mean, he was good when he was with us, but he's too injury prone. And we, we need a back that's going to be available every every week every play and also i think this may close the door on darren sproles coming back to philly because if let's say this this trade works out you got jordan howard he's going to be your starter you have josh adams you have wendell smallwood you have Corey clement coming back from an acl so there's four running backs I can't see why you would run five running backs every week. If you, the only thing I could see and what I would do is I don't like Wendell Smallwood. I never really did. Fumbles too much. He 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 just too inconsistent. I would let him go and bring Darren Sproles in because you're getting him for two positions. You get him for running back, and you're also getting him for special teams. You got Corey Clement coming back from an ACL. We all know how that usually works out. It's very tough to come back from ACL the following year and be productive. So if they go with those four, they could they could ease Clement back into the the fold. Now this this is the final year of his uh, Jordan Howard's rookie contract, which he's making a, around about two million dollars. Is this like a Alshon Jeffrey type deal where let's see how he plays if he plays good we sign him to a longer contract extension I I think he I depending on what the numbers would be uh, money wise I would definitely resign him you'll have two bruiser backs with Josh Adams and Jordan Howard you have Clory Clement who could be a bruiser but catches the ball out of the backfield as well and 
you know, after this year, if Darren Sproles, wherever he plays, he's probably going to retire after this year, if not before the year starts. So, and to only get him for a sixth-round pick, like Howie Roseman, he's a genius. Uh, you know, he, he, he got Darren Sproles from the Saints for a fifth-round pick, which, I'm sorry, Darren Sproles is a second or third-round running back back then, too. Even now, he's, he's still like a third or fourth because he's still productive. Yes, he's older. That's probably the only knock on him. He doesn't have a, a whole lot of wear and tear because wherever he went was always a running back by committee type thing, and he was productive. So, and then, again, with Howie Roseman, going into the offseason, we, we had like $5 million under the cap, I believe it was. In one week, somehow, we freed up $28 million. We went from like, you know, second lowest to third highest amount of cap space in one week. It was freaking insane. But he then that's why he wins the, you know, the executive of the year every year uh, or is always in the talks for it and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm just liking all these moves that Philly's doing right now. I mean, Carson Wentz, he's the key to this whole thing. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to at least just keep being as productive, you know. So, I mean, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm interested to see how this Howard trade plays out for us, uh, if he is productive, and I, I think it will be. So, this past week was the owners meeting and they had a couple rule changes a couple of them got shot down but the major one that is very controversial still is the pass interference uh, rule can it be reviewed as a, a replay challenge and after long talks between the owners the coaches it finally got passed that offensive and defensive pass interference can be challenged by coaches and the one thing that really stuck out to me that it's been in talks for years now but the vote was 31 to 1 to implement the change 31 coaches and it came out that the one was the Bengals made the, the no vote I'm okay with it now a lot of people are, are screaming that's gonna slow down the game it's gonna make it sloppy now it opened up a can of worms Here's the thing. It's a challenge. It's still only... If there's five of these plays that happen, you're only going to be able to challenge two of them. Maybe three if you get those two right. So it's not going to be like he's going to be constantly throwing that red flag out every time that there's a, a bad call like what happened to the Saints and the Rams. It's I don't think it's going to slow the game. Now, the one thing I wish they would have done which may have slowed down the game a little bit, was instead of making it a coach's challenge, make it a booth review where the the replay ref up in the booth can buzz down and say, hey, you better take a relook at this play. I think you guys missed something here. So that will be starting this upcoming season. Um, like I said, I don't think it's going to slow the game down. I think it's going to make it better because, I mean, again, we always see it. There's always some, some type of play like this that cause, that affects the outcome of the game, which, it, to me, it did with the Saints game. It took, yeah, there was other plays after that that 
they could have made better the saints and won but that took all the all the momentum out of what they were trying to do um now also i think the kansas city chiefs made a proposal to have in overtime each team have one possession whether the first team that that gets the ball scores a touchdown or not the other team has a chance to tie it back up i don't like that i, I like how it is now if you score three points the other team gets the ball if you score seven or you score a touchdown that first possession ball game's over that's fine now if you look at the alliance of american football how they're overtime because last week there was a game uh the memphis game went to overtime both teams get a, a possession at the 35 yard line at the end of both those possessions if it's still tied it's tied there should be no ties in football in my opinion they should try to figure out a way with these overtime rules that this don't happen. Um, you look at last year. I believe the Eagles wouldn't. Yeah, the Eagles wouldn't have been in the playoffs if the Vikings didn't tie that one game. If they would have won it, they would have been in the playoffs. Now, obviously, if they would have lost, then Philly would have been in the playoffs. But I, I just hate ties. They they screw up everything. And there's no coming back for it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I uh, maybe you know now this would make the game go longer, but maybe overtime comes. It's a sudden death. No, no time. Whoever scores six or seven points first wins the game. You know, but we'll see how this uh, pass interference. Uh, replay ch uh, change that the coaches could challenge it we'll see how it affects the game definitely we'll see it in preseason possibly that's where we see a lot of a lot of the the changes even like when they made the the helmet roll change in the preseason it was like 12 penalties in the first half of every game but come regular season they backed off a little bit it was a little bit more lenient so we'll see how this goes. But that's going to be it for this week. I'm going to head back downstairs, have some beers, either play some hockey or watch uh, UFC Fight Night. I got it on right now. Uh, I think the first fight just got done. So, But before I go, and before you guys go watch the fights, head over to Twitter. Follow me at JimboSTSports. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Uh, also follow shoulders shoulders underscore bro head over to bellyupsports.com look at all that stuff like I said it's a really cool website as well you can find us on TuneIn, Spotify iTunes all that stuff leave reviews leave comments let us know what you think of us good or bad we don't care but this is your good friend Jimbo signing out